0: live streaming it's live streaming but it's not necessarily live to the audience so here we go so hey everybody and welcome to chef aj live i'm your host chef aj and this is where i introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that i think you should know about today's guest you have been waiting for a long time since the show began you said why don't i have this person on the show it's not because i didn't want to she was busy and it just sometimes takes a while so chill out because she's finally here She's as brainy as she is beautiful. You're going to love what she talks about, which is reversing autoimmune disease, which she actually did for herself, but doing it with supermarket foods instead of drugs. Please welcome Dr. Brooke Goldner. So happy to have you finally talking to the people that have been
1: requesting you for months. I'm happy too. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when I first met you. I think it was like
0: 2012. It was like, it was at the, it was something in Vegas that, that Ina Mohan put on. It was in a, like a, like, was it Mohan? no
1: I no I saw you before I feel like I met you before that at the vegan health and fitness Oh that's right it was in downtown it was in I was carrying my Alex around he was in the he was in my my little carrier that's right. It was it was somewhere
0: like in, in near Los Angeles International Airport. That's right. And I remember that the string to my chef pants broke and I had to buy a, I remember that you have a very good memory. That's right. That would have been a We were sitting time. and
1: talking together for a while. But no, yeah, I had I, I had to bear my baby because he was just recently born. And so it just <laughs> I remember that. And you've been up to a lot lately. You, you've
0: written so, since then. You've written so many books. You've helped so many people. I'm sure most people, at least my audience knows you, but, you know, people stumble on YouTube and they don't. So maybe you could tell a little bit about who you are and why you're so passionate about reversing autoimmune disease.
1: Yeah, I'd be glad to. So yeah, before I ever was a doctor, got the white coat, I was wearing the patient gown, you know, drafty in the back. Uh, I was sick for a large part of my life. So 14 years old, started getting migraines. They did all the scans, couldn't figure out what was causing it, Uh, started me on medicine for for migraines. And these were bad. I mean, I'd be vomiting and pain for a week at a time. Can't get out of bed. So I got pain medicine. Then at 16, I started having joint pain, you know, swollen, painful joints and uh, went to the doctor for that. They couldn't figure out why they gave me medicine for pain. Uh, then I started getting rashes and I got a rash that went across my nose and my cheeks. And finally, uh, when I got the rash, it was after being at the pool all day, I had a migraine, I was throwing up and then I got the rash and my mom called the the emergency room or called my doctor who told us to go to the emergency room. And that's when they finally put the diagnosis together and said I had a disease called lupus. So, you know, and and it's, it's often misdiagnosed. People don't always put all the symptoms together. I finally had the right number of symptoms all showing up at the same time. And when I got there, they did all this blood tests and found out not only do I have lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, it's a disease where your immune system starts attacking your own organs. But I was in stage four kidney failure. So I thought I had some aches and pains and a rash. And when we went, I had to go to get a kidney biopsy the next day. And the day after that, I'm at an emergency appointment with my new nephrologist, who lays it on the line to I was with my grandmother, and my mother and tells us point blank, you've got six months to live with how aggressive this kidney failure is. Uh, and so, and he used that as the, uh, that was the, the beginning to then invite me to do an experimental treatment, unless, <laughs> unless we do something aggressive. Cause at the time, the treatments they had were mostly just high dose steroids. Nowadays, there's lots of fancy treatments for autoimmune. You got Plaquenil and all these other medicines, not that the outcomes are any better, but back then it was high dose steroids and about six other pills that I'd had to take a day, which I still took. I took high dose steroids, six other medicines. And they said, even with the steroids, it's not gonna stop it. You're gonna be on dialysis or dead in six months, unless we can do something to shut off your immune system. So shut off the immune system, that doesn't sound like something we wanna do, but what they, did, what they figured out is when people get cancer treatments, they get chemotherapy, right? And chemotherapy is a poison trying to kill a cancer, but the side effect is it shuts off your immune system. It's why people with cancer often die of infection So they said what if we do it on purpose like when your computer doesn't work what do you do you shut it off you hold your breath for a few seconds you turn it back on with your fingers crossed and usually whatever was wrong is working again so they thought what if we did it on purpose with you we we give you high doses of toxic chemo to see if we can shut off your immune system and maybe when it reboots maybe you won't have lupus so we agreed because you know, six months to live kind of thing it was scary. And it was really scary. I mean, I'm from a family of immigrants. I'm first generation born in America. Um, and uh, I just got a call from Israel today from my 94 year old grand uncle who wanted to tell me that he got his COVID vaccine <laughs> in Yiddish. We, I can barely understand him. You know, so I'm first generation and I was raised to do what your doctor says. People nowadays don't do that, but, <laughs> but I was just, you do what your doctor says but it was devastating. My grandmother's a Holocaust survivor and she was on her knees begging God to take her life, to spare my life. I mean, it was, it was really awful. Um, and so I just said, okay, we're just going to do what we have to do. And so I did, I, I did my seven pills a day. I did chemotherapy. So from 16 to 18, that was my life was, uh, taking medicines, chemotherapy and going to high school. Right. And thankfully I have a really awesome family that's just kept me grounded. This isn't who you are. It's something you have to get through. They got through the Holocaust. I could get through chemo. Right. And so I kind of was able to keep it in that place, that compartment of this is what I gotta do. And and I managed to get through it. It was two years straight of chemo before they could stop the kidneys from failing. And they had to raise the dose every month. And it was a lot of puking, a lot, I'm five foot nine, I was under a hundred pounds, you know, just It was just, it was really, really, really hard. Uh, But at the end of the two years, finally they were able to stop the chemo and I was considered in remission. And now remission is not a cure and it's not healed and it's not reversed. Um, In remission, I still had positive blood tests for lupus. I had all the antibodies, ANA, DSDNA. I had low complement. I still had protein loss in my urine that showed that I had kidney problems, but it wasn't failing anymore. It was stable. So I always thought of it as like, you're, you're stable, you're steady, you're not dying right now. That's, that's good for autoimmune. I still took pills, but I was able to graduate high school. And I actually, studying kept me from thinking about illness. So I still graduated top 10 in my class. I got a scholarship to my, my first college of choice at Carnegie Mellon. And, and I was just happy to just be in school and not take chemo. And, you know, and so I stayed in remission uh, through college, meaning... I still took medicine. I still had symptoms. If I had a migraine, I took a pill. If I had arthritis, I took a pill, but kidneys were stable, you know, didn't have to go to the hospital, which was amazing. And I stayed in remission until medical school. You know, they, they tell you when you have autoimmune disease, always get enough sleep and avoid stress. So I went to medical school. <laughs> <laughs> what well, do you think your your experience as a patient is, is is part of the reason you wanted to become a doctor? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've always been a nerd. That part's given. I love Star Trek. I love science. Uh, I've, I've always been a nerd. I always knew that I would probably end up doing something in the sciences and actually also always loved writing. But, um, when I, when I first went to college, I thought maybe I'll be a researcher and I actually did genetic research for three years uh, in leukemia and brain disease. And, um, turns out that research is not that fun. Uh, you're sitting in the lab with a lot of fruit flies. I'm clumsy. I broke a lot of test tubes. Uh, I did some good research, but my, you can tell my personality is like people and and talking. And, and, and I felt like, all right, I'm not going to find the cure for lupus in the lab. And actually I gave up on the idea that I could, I thought maybe my specialty, maybe what I'm good at is I'll be able to help other people with chronic disease, learn how to have productive, happy lives because sometimes the other people I met with lupus, they were on disability, they were depressed, and I was going after my dreams, sometimes in pain, but I was still going after my dreams. I thought maybe that's what I can do. I can help other people like me find a way to deal with their disease. So that was really my goal. And originally I thought it was gonna be a rheumatologist, but then when I was in my medical training, I found that the, the most effective part of someone's recovery was their mood. Cause I was very, I'm very attentive. And I actually sat and talked to all the patients. Unlike a lot of med students and doctors, I actually got to know my patients, their families. And I found the people who are surrounded by family and happy, they would have these miraculous breakthroughs and go home. And people who are depressed and alone couldn't heal a wound on their foot. And so I thought maybe psychiatry then because if I can teach people happiness and, and self-care and mental, good mental health, then they can overcome anything. So that was my original path. That's what I thought I was going to do. I did get sick in medical school. Um, I was working 100 hour weeks. It was very high stress. Now we have laws against that, but we didn't then. I'm in my mid 40s. (laughs) Back then, we didn't have all the laws in place. Um, And I ended up getting a new uh, type of lupus that caused blood clots. And I had many strokes. I had multiple mini strokes. I was getting double vision. I collapsed in one of the clinics. Um, thankfully, I didn't have a major stroke and I didn't have permanent damage to my brain, but it was terrifying because I'd already planned that I'll probably be disabled, but I can practice medicine in a wheelchair. But all I have was my brain. I'm not an athlete. I'm not a dance. Well, I like to dance, but I, I'm clumsy at it. You know, so this was my only path to life was my brain. And I was having these mini strokes. It was really scary. So they said, OK, take injections of blood thinners for the rest of your life. And you can keep going and so that is the life with chronic illness is that especially with autoimmune disease like lupus which is very aggressive is it's chronic means you'll have it forever and it's progressive meaning it will get worse over time so that was ingrained in me as a patient first and then when i became a doctor i absolutely understood how bad my illness was i didn't really we didn't have google the internet didn't even come out till i was in college yeah, you know you you know these days right my, my kids call my childhood the dark ages because dark ages because we had no wireless okay <laughs> so, i still remember dial-up yeah yeah oh to the right getting the aol yeah uh, but um you know so i had come to accept that that was my life and actually i just celebrated every time there was a win i always got sick and then there was a way out like oh no i'm having these strokes oh Take this injectable blood thinner. Uh, just don't hit your head because if you bleed into your head, that's a different kind of stroke. Um, and so that's actually really where my story changed was I, after being freaked out and mourning the new loss to my health, I came back to the place of gratitude that I've always had which is I'm still here. My grandparents always say, you wake up and you're free, it's a good day. So I woke up, I'm free. I'm living my dream of becoming a doctor. Yes, I have new medicines to take. Yes, I now have shortened my lifespan. They told me there's no way I could ever have children, that I, um, that I would you know, probably be disabled by my 40s or so. I wasn't gonna live as long a life, but I said, you know what, none of us knows what we got. But I know that I'm on track to do something that I always wanted to. And how many people get to live their dream, right? Like how cool is that? So I, I'm a very optimistic, grateful person by nature. And, uh, and I got back to that. And that's actually when everything changed. I, I met my husband, Thomas Tadlock, who was willing to marry a sick woman. Like, it's not exactly romantic for someone to propose and to say, well, I can never have your kids, I'm going to become disabled, you're gonna to have to take care of me before I die too young. Uh, and he just didn't blink. He's just, I'd rather live a short life with you than a lifetime with anyone else. And we're just going to make it the best day in life you could ever have. And I went, okay, well, let's do that. <laughs> so that's where it all changed for me. And it was an accident. Um, so people often ask me, how did you have the insight to know that you can reverse lupus with sumari boost? I didn't. I'm a Western trained medical doctor. I had zero education in nutrition. There's no chance that I thought that I could ever reverse my disease with nutrition or I'd be eating whatever I thought I could. Uh, it was an accident. Um, my husband, is uh, he's his own best-selling author and and metabolism. He teaches how you can create a fast metabolism at any age using the right nutrition. And even back then he was training people for MTV, you know, they need a six pack in four weeks for their video, but they've been drinking too much beer, you know? So I asked him to put me on that MTV uh, diet because I wanted, I was living in Pittsburgh and I don't know if you ever been to Pittsburgh, but if you order, when I was in medical school at the hospital, when I ordered a salad, they put French fries and ranch dressing on top. Mm, like actually, sounds good, but not so. Good. <laughs> I always said the best diet to be fat and sick is hospital food, hands down. So, so I I was overweight, and I was we were gonna get married in Hawaii, so I was gonna be wearing bathing suits and stuff. And then I was moving to LA for my residency. I was not looking LA at all. Uh, and so I said, put me on that MTV diet. I want to look good for our wedding. And uh, so he did. Now his diet. This was over 16 years ago, his diet looks a lot like modern paleo, the way it used to be. It was very high doses of raw vegetables, especially cruciferous vegetables, high doses of omega-3 fatty acids, which we'll talk about more, high water intake. And then he was telling people to eat like free range meat because it's less inflammatory because he thought at the time you need meat from us. I'd been a vegetarian since I was 12 years old. Uh, my parents became vegetarian and uh, we had a vegetarian neighbor that harassed us with books and things. And (laughs) so, um, but I ate cheese and eggs every day, usually for breakfast and dinner, Uh, processed foods, you know, French fries and ranch. Right. Um, So he told me all that saturated fat is going to keep you from getting your weight loss. So I became accidentally high raw plant-based because I had to give up all that dairy and cheese. I was eating so much of it. He told me I could eat egg whites, but I thought that was gross, so I was accidentally just off all animal products at all. And he had trained many people who had lost rapid weight, you know, and done really well, but nobody had ever cured a disease. So it was this accident of his plan with my restrictions, and what happened was I lost over 20 pounds. I went from a size 11 to a size 3 in 3 months. I was ripped. But here I am now an intern working 30 hour shifts multiple days a week, I had so much energy I could go to the gym after a 30 hour shift. I had no more migraines, I had no more joint pain, I had no more rashes, my sun sensitivity went away. So everything went away, I never felt so good in my life and when I got my next set of blood tests a few months later before the wedding there was no lupus even my kidneys were normal. There was no protein in my urine. It was so bizarre. The doctor thought it was a lab error. He said, there's no chance. These are your labs. He said, go to your wedding, come back. We'll retest everything. I came back, retested everything. Not only is the lupus gone, but my cholesterol, which I was told was high from genetics that had nothing to do with the cheese and the eggs, cholesterol normal. And that was 16 years ago. I've been off all medicine for 15 years. I've had two children. I am in my mid forties. I've never had a relapse. So we still didn't know that it was gone because I'm a Western chain trained medical doctor. And so I, I had it drilled into my head that I had lupus even though I didn't have lupus. Right, normal labs, no symptoms. I've got lupus because it's incurable, so I have it. It wasn't until I had my first son that I finally realized with no relapse, even though the doctors were having panic attacks because I was gonna have a clot or kidney failure, so i totally fine that's when we realized I'd really changed. And that's my husband and I both uh, are, are into research and science, You know, he has a master's degree in exercise science, health promotion, obviously I have an MD, we're really into science. So we went back to look at what did we do? Because all we did was change my diet. How could we possibly have reversed this disease, caused all the cellular repair to happen, have the fast metabolism happen that I had my child and nine days later I was in my pre-pregnancy genes, 40 pounds gone with no effort. And so that's when we realized we'd accidentally created the most anti-inflammatory nutrition plan really possible for a human. We had never heard of plant-based nutrition. We'd never heard of all the plant-based doctors. We'd never heard of Gerson, we never heard of any of that. We did this all looking at cellular biology and nutrition and and that's what my expertise is is specifically about the nutrition that accelerates cellular repair and the anti-inflammatory immune system. And uh, we, have, we didn't bring it to the public till we tested it for over a year to make sure every person had the same outcome. And in the past, goodness, I wrote Goodbye Lupus in 2015, uh, but in the past decade, we have helped thousands of people who have applied the same protocol and reversed lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, Sjogren's, as well as getting rid of high cholesterol, diabetes, and other things that we know get better with plant-based nutrition. But it's been this whirlwind and it's been absolutely incredible. We, we give the protocol away for free online. I do free Q and A's, free classes. Like I do everything I can to bring this to the public. And you know, I, my goal is always, you got to save your life. And my husband's goal is you got to save your wife. <laughs> so we're a team and we do it together. That's,
0: you are just so inspiring. What I'm not understanding is why doesn't every doctor know about your recovery? You know, I had Dr. Stancic on this week and she has a similar story. She had a different disease, but she, Shouldn't more medical professionals know that this is possible?
1: Ah, uh, the should. Uh, yes. And it's not part of our training. It is changing. It is changing. But I mean, what I learned in medical school was uh, if someone has ha- a heart problem, don't give them butter. If someone has diabetes, don't give them sugar. That's all I can remember. And I had a lot of years of training, right? Um, it is getting better. But, you know, uh, we're trained. In first of all, understanding human physiology—that's good. That's helped me understand how these diets work and, and what to do. But then, what we're taught is how to intervene to change the outcome through medicines and surgeries and procedures. So, for example, when I when I teach the omega three fatty acid pathway to help people understand how that reverses their illness. I show them the inflammation pathway. In fact, I can show it to you if you want. Here, let me see if I can yeah. pull it up. Um, and I'll show them, like, these are pathways that I learned in medical school about how, how inflammation is caused. The problem is that in medical school, they don't teach us where it comes from. They just teach us what pills to use. So here, let me see if I can show you an example because it's easier to show. You. So
0: All right, Great. well, we love we love slides. You know, Georgia okay. asked
1: here, I'll show you really quickly, um, sure screen PowerPoint. Here we go. So, so this is a pathway that shows, um, so arachidonic acid here, here, I'll bring it over here. So I'm not looking, well, I guess it doesn't matter if I'm looking to the side, you're looking at my screen. So, um, the, this is the arachidonic acid pathway. So arachidonic acid is an omega-6 fatty acid and omega-6s are essential to creating your inflammatory immune system. So you need an inflammatory immune system because that's what responds to getting a bacteria or a virus, right? You need to have an inflammatory immune system. Uh, And so omega-6 fatty acids supply the ingredients for that. People get a lot of omega-6 fatty acids though because we don't only get the natural amount we should be getting from like nuts and seeds and things like that, maybe a little bit and some avocado. Uh, It's coming in excessive amounts from oils, processed foods, chicken, eggs, beef, lamb, all, all all the animal products, right? So people are eating enormous amounts of this. And what's happening is it's creating a huge increase of your omega-6 fatty acid pathway. So this comes from my classes that I teach. Um, so for example, if you're eating a lot of this stuff, then you're going to have an increase in these enzymes right now, these enzymes create these products. These are your uh, inflammatory immune system, prostaglandin E2, thromboxane E2 and leukotriene B4, right? Not important to know what they are, but when you increase, these enzymes to break this down, what do you get? You get more of the products. So now you've got this really high active omega-6 fatty acid inflammatory immune system, but it's active even though you don't have a bacteria or a virus, so what's it gonna do? It's gonna look for stuff to do, right? And that's gonna activate our gene expression for chronic disease. So for some people that gene expression might be diabetes or heart disease. For people like me, that gene expression is going to be autoimmune disease. But what you can see is, so five locks This enzyme here, when you've got too much of it, it actually, it increases cell growth. So when you've got too much of it, it causes cancer. This enzyme is important for blood clots. Why do you need a blood clot? Because if you're clumsy like me and you you get a paper cut, you need some way to not bleed out, right? But if you have too much COPS1, what are you gonna have? You have a stroke, right? And uh, if you, oh, and what I was gonna say is when you get, I'm sorry, so when you get more of this one here, you also get more leukotriene before. And if you have too much leukotriene before, you get things like asthma and heart disease and arthritis, right? So I always say, if you got any of this, you got too much of this, right? COX-1, too much of that, you're gonna get blood clots and strokes, right? And then if you have too much of this, this COX-2 enzyme helps promote angiogenesis, growth of blood vessels, right? important if you get an injury if you bang your knee on the side of the bed and you get an injury you need to fix that blood vessel grow it back right too much of that though you're going to get too much blood supply to cancer more cancer and then if you get too much of this you get too much of that and you get all these diseases right cancer irritable bowel etc but the point is i learned this pathway in medical school i did not learn this part I just learned arachidonic acid leads to this. So what do you do? You take a medicine to stop this enzyme, you take a medicine to stop, which one is a COX-1 inhibitor? Aspirin, right? Take a medicine for this. You take a medicine for this, but they never ever taught us, you know, you could just stop eating this and then all the rest of this doesn't have to happen. So I think that's the part that's really missing um, from the medical training is that we're learning these pathways, but we're not learning that you can stop the pathway, not just through medical interventions, but by stopping eating these foods. And that's why people with a plant-based diet, for example, they stop having heart disease. Why? Because they're no longer activating this pathway. So um, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. And that's, it's part of what I love to do when I do my online classes. I love to show people the science of the pathways because it really then helps them lock in why you know everyone tells them don't eat meat but why right why, why can't I have it what's the big deal and when I when I teach doctors and I've done a lot of trainings for doctors uh, medical school as well as um, uh, I didn't I did a podcast with a medical student recently and he's on Australia um, but also grand rounds for doctors I've taught at Kaiser I've taught a lot of different medical conferences as well the doctors always get really excited when I show them the pathways because it puts together what they learned with the food. And for most of the doctors, it's the first time that they connect the food to the disease. So I feel like that's part of my mission is to connect the food to the disease for the public and for the doctors. Unfortunately, the place where they need it the most is in the government programs. And even though I keep testifying to the USDA, I just, got, I just got the answer from the last time I testified to the USDA. They're not making any changes. They're not even willing to say kids should eat less sugar. They say it's not convincing yet. So that's why you and me are working to bring it to the public, right? Because we can't wait for it to change from the top down. God, I, I just interviewed a, a pediatrician who said
0: that she has patients sometimes so heavy, so young they can't even get on the table, and they're and it's unbelievable that they're saying that sugar is still okay for kids or at regular. I had
1: too. a funny thing happen at the pediatrician. My pediatrician, um, she says my kids inspire her to eat better, but um, you know pediatricians, nurses are used to seeing sick kids. And we've seen that children, even as young as seven, their blood pressure starts to go up. Now I learned in medical school, it's normal for kids' blood pressure to start going up pretty quickly, starting at like eight years old. But my kids, their blood pressure hasn't done that. My 11 year old's blood pressure is still the same as when he was eight. So the last time they had their physical exam before COVID and I haven't had them in for physical (laughs) since then. Um, The nurse comes in, the nurse herself, very obese, very obese, comes in and she takes my son's blood pressure. Now my 11 year old is like me, he's chatting and talking and he's just sitting and having a good time. There's no distress, right? She's taking the blood pressure and I see her face. She takes it again and she says, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to come back. And she runs out of the room, runs back, closes the door and runs out again. I went, here we go. So then the doctor comes in chuckling and I said, did she just run out of the room because she was afraid he had low blood pressure? And she said, yes. She said, you know, they're used to seeing high blood pressure in kids. They don't even blink an eye, but she doesn't know that it's actually healthier to have low blood pressure. And this is a pediatric nurse. It's unreal. So my kid doesn't have any clogs in his arteries because he's never had all of these clogging things in his body. You know, my kids have been plant-based their whole lives and they have zero health problems. Um, but it's, it's, it's alarming to see that a nurse would be more shocked at a healthy kid. She doesn't understand that she's looking at a healthy kid. It was really, it was really interesting.
0: That's incredible.
1: You know, Georgia has an
0: interesting question. She wanted to know when did autoimmune disease start showing up in people? And when did they start becoming recognized by doctors?
1: Oh, goodness. I don't know when the first autoimmune disease diagnosis came about. Uh, what I can tell you is that it has become shockingly more common uh, when I and younger. So, for example, when I was diagnosed, I was 16, and no, I didn't know anyone with lupus. Nobody who met me ever knew anybody with lupus. Now, when I teach any audience, everybody raises their hand that they know somebody with autoimmune disease. And I was also considered young at 16 to be sick, My youngest client right now with lupus is two. I have clients that are two, seven, nine, 12, 14, and they are sicker than a lot of the grownups that I see. It's happening younger, faster, and more aggressively. I have one person that I presented my case studies. At 11 years old, she had lupus in her lungs, her kidneys and her heart, and she was a code blue. They had to bring her back to life. And it was horrific, her poor parents. She came to me, she did my program. The Goodbye Lupus program is all just focusing on hypernourishment is what I call oversupplying just the foods that accelerate cellular repair. So raw leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables, a little bit of fruit, high omega-3s from flax and chia seeds, the water intake. She was just dipping broccoli and guacamole, you know, show me pictures. Within two weeks, her kidney function was normal. At the end of four weeks, her heart function was normal. And she's been now off all medicine. She's finishing high school now. And she's been off all medicines ever since. With no relapses, she plays three different instruments, does martial arts. She wants to be a doctor when she grows up. But this is someone who actually died on the table, who now is living healthy because of food. And if it wasn't for food, I don't even know she'd still be here. It is is horrendous how aggressive it's gotten. And it seems every generation is worse. I got it at 16. There was nobody with autoimmune disease in my family. When I went to college, my mom got rheumatoid arthritis. It was her genes. (laughs) They just happen later. So,
0: wow. So Susan says, I've tried the green smoothies because I have positive ANA on my blood work, but I can't seem to lose weight having a half a cup of flax seeds. Any suggestions, Dr. Goldner?
1: Absolutely. So first of all, it's important not to draw conclusions. So um, omega-3 fatty acids do not interfere with weight loss. In fact, they accelerate it. So there's different kinds of fats. And this is one of my biggest areas of study in education. So a lot of fats that you eat are going to end up on you. All right. Omega-3 fatty acids don't become tissue. They don't become fat. They don't become muscle. They become part of your cell membranes. So Omega-3 fatty acids, and actually I might be able to show some of this a little better. So Omega-3 fatty acids are, they become part of here. I'll show it to you. So yeah, I have some of my class up. might be a little easier Okay, here we go. So I use flax and chia. It's a cheap plant-based source of it. It's like $1.29 a pound at my local store. Um, There's a few things that they do for you, okay? So number one, when they become a part of your cell membrane. So you're supposed to have omega-3 fatty acids in your cell membrane. So your cell membrane, all of us are made of cells and there's water-based stuff on the inside of your cell and there's water-based stuff on the outside of the cell. So in order for us not to dissolve, we need fats surrounding the cell in the membrane membranes so that keeps the stuff on the inside on the inside okay now if you don't have omega-3s in your diet you will put omega-6s around your cells instead and when you do that they become stiff and they don't interact and receive messages properly so if that happens then you can exercise and not lose weight you can uh, eat healthy but not have a full recovery because your your cell membranes are too rigid so when you have a healthy membrane your nutrients nutrients are going to go in so you're drinking that green smoothie you've got so much vitamins and minerals coming into the body right and then you've got toxins that can come right back out that's going to make you healthy right most people they've got so much omega-6 fatty acids that nutrients just can't even get in and toxins are stuck inside. And this is part of what creates illness in the cells, right? So that's one thing. So when that happens, that actually increases your metabolic rate. You actually can lose fat faster because your cells are now more responsive to signals. So you're working out, you're sending a signal cascade that tells your body to lose fat and your cells are like, got the message. And then they start losing the fat. So you cannot actually gain fat from omega-3s they'll accelerate fat loss and then the other thing that they do is they part they are part of the membranes that are in your nervous system so i've actually used omega-3 fatty acids to help people with bipolar and anxiety and depression because if you don't have enough omega-3 fatty acids you're not going to have proper brain function that can affect your memory and your moods. so that's really important it's also found to be anti-aging that's nice Uh, And then the other part is it creates your anti-inflammatory immune system. So um, since I have it up, I can show you. So when you're eating flax and chia seeds, you get something called ALA and that's an omega-3 and you don't need to see all the science, but this creates your anti-inflammatory immune system. So just like I showed you before the inflammatory immune system, this is the anti-inflammatory immune system that's going to clean up all the damage that you need to get rid of. So it's really essential. And a lot of times I'll see people on a plant-based diet and they're not doing any omega-3. And what happens is they, they feel pretty good as long as they don't eat anything inflammatory. But the moment that they have a bad day or they, act, they trip and fall and their face hits a french fry or something and they eat something that they shouldn't, immediately they get symptomatic because they don't have the anti-inflammatory immune system active to get rid of the damage. So the way I have people's health is Uh, So this was a pathway I showed you earlier with the arachidonic acid. Does that look familiar? And then this is the omega-3 pathway. And so what happens is people will often say, oh, I read, even doctors will tell me, I read you can't break this stuff down effectively to make these two things. You have to use fish oil. Well, that's only the case if you're eating animal products and oils, because these both use the same enzyme to get broken down. And the enzyme prefers the inflammatory pathway. So anytime you're eating a bunch of this, then yeah, your body's gonna have a problem breaking this down. But if you get rid of this, bam, this enzyme has a full-time job getting rid of inflammation. You get plenty of EPA and DHA, which then creates the anti-inflammatory immune system. And when you've got EPA, it actually blocks the breakdown of arachidonic acid. So you get less of the inflammatory immune system. So this is how I hack people's body. This is why I get such rapid results with people where you know, someone will come to me with lupus or RA or Sjogren's and in anywhere from two weeks to six to eight weeks, their symptoms are gone. Because we're not only giving them the plant-based foods with the vitamins and minerals, but we're hacking into this pathway to just allow this uh, anti-inflammatory immune system to clean up the damage. So if you're having trouble losing weight, you might more omega-3s will help you more. And actually, my husband tested this. He used to have the largest boot camps in Orange County, California. And so he had all these boot camps running, and they all got the same workouts, and he would play with their diets and do testing. He's my mad scientist, right? So he actually started testing omega-3s because he found their increasing metabolic rate. People are losing fat faster. So he thought, I wonder if there's an upper limit. So he started giving people different doses of omega-3. At one point, he was giving people thousands of calories in omega-3 fatty acids, and they were losing fat faster than everybody else. So what actually stopped us from going higher is stomach upset. There's only so much you can do without your gut just rebelling. So we've actually shown that it accelerates it, not the opposite. So if you're having trouble losing fat, then here's the issue. Fat loss is a combination of the right diet and the right exercise. So you need to have a high intensity cardiovascular type exercise to get the hormonal cascade to lose fat. And then you combine that with hypernourishment, which would be high doses of the raw foods, like the dark leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables. Make sure your water intake is 96 to 128 ounces a day and keep going on the omega-3s. You'll actually lose fat faster. So a lot of people get that wrong. They're afraid that fat like avocados or omega-3s can actually uh, affect weight loss. I mean, I've never seen a problem with weight loss eating those fats. Saturated fats, 100%. Um, but not those type of plant fats. So my guess is you need a little bit more nourishment, you need more water intake and better exercise. But a lot of people, they pull back, they're losing weight, so they eat less, then their metabolism slows down. I hypernourish, I shove food at people and they've never eaten so much in their life and then their weight's coming down, but it has to be the right foods, so.
0: Nice. Do you ever awesome. recommend people having the, having the blood test called fatty acid profile to see where they are with their levels of omega-3s?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what I've seen, you know, when you're looking at your omega six, three profile, we're really looking at the ratio and what they found is looking at cultures that are healthy. Most of them have a ratio of omega six to omega three. That's anywhere from like mostly about one to one to nine to one, somewhere in that area. Americans, when I read the study back 15 years ago or so, it was 40 to one. I had a recent patient whose ratio was 200 to one Omega six to omega three. Of course she has inflammatory disease, right? But I've had folks who have on my program who've gotten those retested and they absolutely are having their omega-3 profile go down and their omega-6 profile go down or go up. I'm sorry, and the omega-6 go down. You don't need to do that testing because you can see it. You can feel it. You know, people's wedding rings are fitting again after two weeks. They can feel the inflammation coming down. But yeah, there are folks who've gotten the test done just to see that and and you absolutely can test for it.
0: Well, a couple people actually wrote in questions in advance, and this one is from Keisha, and it doesn't sound like she has an autoimmune disease, but she said, could you please ask Dr. Goldner, is 10 to 15 grams of fat per day enough on a diet of 1,500 to 1,800 calories, and can lack of fat cause dry hair or hair loss? And she says all her levels of everything are fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um there's a few, there's a few things to unpack in that. So number one, yes, if you're lacking the right healthy fats, it can absolutely affect not only your nervous system and your cellular function, but things like skin and hair and all that stuff. Um, any of you who saw me even a month ago can see my hair is out of control. <laughs> I, can't, I haven't been getting haircuts because of COVID, you know? And so it started here and now it's like, ah, I can't, it can't stop it. Right. So, and my, my stylist has said, she's never seen anything like it. My kids the same way. But the same thing happens to my clients. We've had people with alopecia uh, who have grown their hair back. And it's amazing. Same with skin health. Um, you need to, your, your skin health shows your health, right? And so uh, your skin's the last organ in your body to receive nutrition and, and hydration. So a lot of people are dehydrated. You know, they're drinking their tea, but they're not drinking their water. So you want to get your hydration up. Things like green smoothies gets the micronutrient profile up much higher. Most people will drink more than they'll chew. Uh, You can chew it if you want, but it helps a lot. But the fats as well, absolutely. Um, But make sure that they're coming from things that increase your health. So like I said, avocado is no problem. They're mostly omega-9. They don't really make a dent in that. Um, And they make people feel satisfied. You know, if someone wants to get rid of butter, uh, guacamole is the easiest way. Listen, you got some schmutz, it feels like grease is going to be better, right? Um, but also uh, the omega three fatty acids for sure. So definitely do that. Those things can make a big effect. Um, but if your skin is showing any symptoms, including your scalp, it means that your nourishment is not high enough to get to your skin yet. Your body's directing it inwards to other things. Uh, so we got to make sure you're getting that minimum water intake of at least 96 ounces, so you have enough left over to hit the skin. And same thing with uh, getting your your raw leafy greens up as well and your mega threes. Usually, once people get that nice beta carotene glow, I know they're good. I see people every day, and then they come on live with me, and I go, Ah, you're glowing! You did it! <laughs> I know you're nourished now. Yeah.
0: It's funny you mentioned skin because this is off topic, but a lot of people are posting in the chat that your skin looks amazing. It's beautiful. And they wanted to know if you had any skincare secrets other than what you eat.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, I don't use products, so I don't even use soap. All right, people are like, what? Um, I use coconut oil to remove makeup. So the only makeup I ever wear is uh, is eye makeup and a little blush and lip gloss. I don't use any foundations. I don't use anything like that because I don't like to clog up my pores. But I do love playing with, with eyeshadow and mascaras and stuff like that. Um, they're all uh, mineral makeups. But um, I use coconut oil on a bamboo pad to take it off and wipe my skin down. And then I splash it with water and I dry it off. And that's it. Um, I use an olive oil soap. Olive oil soap, um, so it's just pure solidified olive oil for the body in the, in the uh, shower. But that's it, I, you know, it's very important to understand that your skin has a microbiome, just like your gut does. People are always talking about the gut microbiome, but your skin has a microbiome and that microbiome of bacteria keeps your skin healthy. And so when you're putting products on your skin, especially antibacterial products, products with different kinds of uh, chemicals and processed junk, it's affecting the health of the skin and it's killing off healthy bacteria. It's part of why we have problems now with uh, antibio- antibiotic resistant um, infections that people are getting, staph infections, is because all the healthy bacteria are gone. And now these unhealthy bacteria can just take over the real estate and it makes them sick. So, you know, you want to nourish yourself well, because really your skin health comes from the inside and then stop putting stuff on it that hurts it. But yeah, I had a, I used to like to get like once a year on my birthday, I used to like to get a facial just to like relax. There's like an organic spa and just relax and be pampered. And I went to it one time and the owner was there and she was looking at me with the microscope forever. I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, I'm trying to understand what I'm looking at because your skin looks like a baby and I know your age and I want to know what you're doing. And I said, I do nothing. It's just my diet. And she asked me to come teach. She goes, oh my God, you know how many people who who would be able to keep their results that I give them if they would just start eating the way you do? So it really does make a big difference. We spend so much money trying to change it from the top. We're really... I think of the skin as like your check engine light area. If you've got rashes, dry skin, too much wrinkling, your hair's falling out, that's that's your body saying, hey, check this out. We got an internal problem. And if you fix it, the rest gets better.
0: I love that Especially your skin. Before, I, sweet. Yeah, I love that you say your skin is your check engine light. How do you feel about the sun? Do you avoid it or I mean on your face?
1: Oh, my, my husband calls me the lizard uh, because listen, I was not allowed to go into the sun for much of my life because with lupus, when I went into the sun, I would get terrible rashes. So the fact that I have good skin now is very nice because I had such terrible rashes with the lupus. And so I get rashes and migraines and joint pain. So I was told to avoid the sun. So from 16 till 28, I only went out in the sun like after 3 p.m. because otherwise I would get sick. And, you know, I was just, I had a meeting uh, two days ago with a 16 year old in Australia who has lupus and she can't go in the sun and her mom was meeting with us to talk about diet and i was telling her it. and she she used to play sports she can't go in the sun she can't play sports and i was that was my big uh uh temptation for her was getting the sun back is glorious you know, your whole life, like going to Disneyland, all the things other people could do, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to the beach. And so I always say those were my uh, twilight days cause I looked like a vampire. I've naturally black hair and my skin was so pale you could see through it. So I looked like an extra on twilight. Um, but you know, I lived, I looked like a vampire. And so now, no, I don't avoid the sun. Um, I, I love it. When I moved to California and my health was better I got a little PT cruiser convertible. I was just sunlight all the time and I have zero symptoms, I feel great in the sun. So it's one of the biggest, most beautiful gifts to get back that most people never understand how tough it is to lose. So no, I don't do it. I do. If I'm going to be in the sun all day, I'm in Houston now. It's a little tough sun. If I'm going to be in the sun all day, I'll put some sunblock on my face. Uh, But other than that, I don't, I just, I just go out there and soak it in. Um, Yeah. I I, it's, it's making up for the lost time. (laughs)
0: Well, I have another, I have a question from Melanie and right before the show came out, I I said, I would love for you to touch on this because when you gave your presentation, that was wonderful for the holistic holiday at home, you talked about this and Melanie said, would you ask Dr. Goldner, how mindset and self-care play such a big role in healing autoimmune diseases and would her protocol work on healing uh, dysautonomia,
1: dysautonomia,
0: Absolutely, because because you 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 said that your more more recent book is really more about mindset that people know what to do, but they don't do it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So it's a great question. Um, well, first of all, people with depression, anxiety, trauma have much higher rates of autoimmune disease. So it turns out you can not only create inflammation in the body from food, which you know Chef AJ and I are obsessed with, right? Uh, but you can create inflammation from stress and trauma and other factors that happen in your life. They also disrupt your cortisol levels and create inflammation. For example, when somebody's in mourning, their inflammation markers are through the roof just like someone with lupus. So the more stress and trauma and drama that you have going on in your life, the more likely you are to develop autoimmune. There was one study they did where they looked at people who were currently hospitalized with autoimmune. So obviously they were very sick if they are in the hospital and they found 60% of them had had some kind of childhood trauma whoa right so um so that's one issue that we have to address is that part of the reason that they're sick and staying sick is because of the continued uh mood disruption and stress and anxiety and trauma we have to address that the other issue i see is just for any person trying to change their diet It's not an information problem for the most part. Yes, you can perfect it, right? Obviously, my specialty is understanding like micronutrients and omega-3. But, you know, there's so many different people out there who are saying the same kind of stuff in terms of don't eat meat, don't eat dairy, avoid all these processed oils, right? Eat more vegetables, right? These are things that most people know or at least have heard. But yet many people haven't changed what they're doing yet. I call it like this problem where people are getting addicted to the learning, but they're not taking action. They're just in a cycle of, just learning and going to talks and going to conferences and not doing anything. Or if they do it, they last a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, they quit, right? So what I realized was I don't, this isn't just about me getting people information. I have to help them change their mindset to a mindset of healing. So um, when I was talking to Chef AJ before we started, I was talking about how, you know, I originally, like I was thinking about, you know, maybe I should just do psychiatry and help people with better moods so that they'll have faster healing because that's what I observed. Um, And they'll have a better quality of life, no matter what their diagnosis was. And so I specialized in trauma, I worked with the homeless for years, I was a medical director at a nonprofit treating homeless youth, who were coming out of foster care and juvenile justice. So obviously, they had some serious trauma. And they had a lot of other issues going on. But I really felt like I needed to do this work, because there's millions of people dying from a disease, or set of diseases that I know is rapidly reversible, if we Intervene with the right diet. So I switched to this, but I found I'm still doing psychiatry every day because it's not just about knowledge, but you have to take action, right? And food is about traditions, addictions, it's about self worth and self esteem because you have to be willing to stand up for yourself and ask the waiter to take the cheese off your salad that you didn't want, right? There's so many different things. There's, you know, being able to tell grandma, I love you, but I'm not gonna eat the chicken soup. My grandmother used to tell me, it's okay, eat it. I won't tell anyone. Like, grandma, I don't want the soup. <laughs> it's okay. So, you know, we, uh, it, it takes a lot. And so, you know, I just, it's, I'm fresh on this right now because I have something called my six week rapid recovery group, where basically it's my way of, my husband and I putting a brain transplant into people because listen, if I could put my brain into someone else's body, they'd be healthy and fit in six weeks, no problem. I'd be done, right? But we don't have that technology yet. So what we did is we created this group where every day for six weeks, I coach you every single day. What did you eat? How did you sleep? It's having another overbearing Jewish mother breathing down your neck. How did you sleep? How did you eat? You know, What's your mood? How's your stress? How's your husband? How's your kids? You know, Every day. And what happens is their life changes and their health gets better and their happiness happens. So we just had day one meeting right before I got on the line. So I was just coaching them. And what I said to them was, listen, your current state of health is a result of everything you ever ate, thought, believed, and did up until now. We're going to change the diet. That's actually the easiest part. But all of the thoughts and the habits that got you here are still in your brain. And they're going to fight us on the process. And people make a lot of false conclusions. They sabotage themselves. And we're there to help them with that. So every time someone says something unsupportive, I call them on that. I do exercises with them where we go back to their childhood through meditation to find where they got their current beliefs around food and health and all that stuff so that they can reparent that child. So they think they're joining the group to like learn how to eat to reverse their disease. Meanwhile, they're reparenting their inner child. They're changing their mindset. And what happens is not only is their disease and their pain and their fatigue gone at the end of the program, but their anxiety is gone. The depression's gone. We had a guy I was just talking to them about who was in my group who didn't tell us when he joined that he was planning suicide if the group didn't work for him. He, was, he had something called thrombocytopenia an autoimmune disease that made his platelets go away. He was 70 years old and nothing had worked and he was so depressed and that was it. He didn't tell us this though. So we have a lot, like I said, we're working on mindset. And in the beginning, he said, I don't really like all this mindset mumbo jumbo stuff, but I signed up for this, so I'll just do it all anyway. And after the first week, he had a major breakthrough about his childhood self. He was abused as a child, and he had a breakthrough on how that child actually needed his love, which is part of what I guided him through and it changed everything. And at the end of the group, he was complaining that his friends are so negative because uh, he, he, had, he had fully embraced that, but he said it was the first time in his life he ever felt happiness, 70 years old, first time ever. So, uh, and then he told us that about how he'd been suicidal and his platelets normalized, yay. So he actually got the health result, but to me even more valuable was the fact that he was looking forward to his life. He's planning where he's gonna travel after COVID instead of planning his own funeral. So it's so tied together. And that's why I wrote my, my first book is Goodbye Lupus. And, and that is my story and the six steps to healing with supermarket foods. And there's people all over the world that just read that book and their disease is gone and it's fine. But then there's everyone else who read it and didn't do it or they did for a week and they didn't do it. So Goodbye Autoimmune Disease, what I did was I took all of the, all of the coaching I do in my group on mindset and self-sabotage and anxiety, and that's the majority of the book, is if you haven't just taken the six steps and done them, then you need this part. And then the second part of the book is case studies and all the different diseases that people have reversed. But I felt like that was important. And actually the feedback I've gotten from so many people was that's what they needed that they knew what to do, but they weren't doing it. So every chapter, you know, it says before you read the next chapter, do this exercise, work on this issue. And we work on gratitude and um, acceptance and self-love and self-sabotage and all the things that people need to overcome because you got to heal in your mind and your heart, as well as the rest of your body. And we do it all together at the same time.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So people want to work with you. It's in this group setting or do, do you ever do telemedicine or people could work with you privately?
1: Yeah. So everything I do is looks like this, right? So nobody can ever see my legs, uh, unless it's live. And well, it's been so long since we've been able to go to conferences and to hug people is hard, but, uh, yeah, so I do telemedicine exclusively. Uh, I also, uh, have a wellness practice that's international where it's non-medical, working on lifestyle nutrition. So I do it as appointments, wellness appointments. I never spend less than 75 minutes with people. It's usually more than that um, because I want, I can't, when I get to know you, I can design your diet for you and what you're going to need to do here to work on it. So I do those kind of appointments. And then the other stuff I do is rapid recovery programs. So I have a one-on-one four-week program where you get unlimited access to my cell phone for four weeks. So every single day we're talking, we're working on your diet and your and your mindset together privately. And then in the group setting, we do uh, for six weeks with 30 people, uh, and we work through them together as a group. Same program as an exclusive one, but all the coaching is done. Everyone together. So if I'm coaching Chef AJ, then somebody else sitting next to them is going, "Ooh, okay, yeah, me too. I also have that, right? So we do it together as a group uh, as well. So those are the three different ways I work with people right now. And um, I definitely love rapid recovery because listen, if you listen to someone for an hour, you can get inspired. But when you help someone every day, you can actually make sure they get to the finish line. And that's what I'm in it for. I want actually to see people get better and graduate and be healthy. I want everyone to have what I have, to feel good, to have great energy, and to get to look forward to growing older with your love, rather than waiting for the next shoe to drop of what organ's going to fail on you, you know?
0: Wow. Well, you make it, you make it just, you're just so inspiring. You know, there's an interesting question by, by Tammy, like why would a two-year-old already have lupus? That's, that's really young.
1: It's horrible. So it's a combination of things. So number one, we all have our set of genes for disease, right? We all have them. It's like the, the, the cards that got dealt, right? And so there's heart disease, there's diabetes, there's autoimmune diseases. So obviously the kids got gene from autoimmune disease from someone in the family. The parent probably doesn't even know they have it yet. And then on top of that, we've got now environment. The environment that we're raising our kids in now is worse than ever before. I mean, even in medical school, I remember learning that this was the first generation of kids that were growing up that weren't going to outlive their parents. So, my grandmother, for example, was a, a, she grew up in Ludge, Poland. They didn't have refrigerators, right? She would have been 101 last week, right? They didn't have refrigerators. So, every day they went to the market and got fresh food. Oh, right. She said if it was wintertime, they could put food on the windowsill to keep it a couple of days, but that was about it, right? My mom grew up with a mom who was used to making fresh food. She didn't eat as good as her mom because she also added in the process chocolates and stuff like that, but she still had more fresh food kind of thing. Uh, when I was born, my mom's doctor told her that if she wanted to lose weight, she should just not nurse me and put me on formula uh, because my mom wanted to get back to smoking so she could lose weight faster. <laughs> It was the seventies, you know? Um, So, so I was given formula instead of breast milk already. That's going to affect my immune system. Right. Then on top of that, it was, oh, my mom raised me with what was thought of at the time. If you're thin, eat what you want. So I ate what I wanted macaroni and cheese and chef boyardee and, and, you know, all the candy or whatever I wanted. And Even though I still ate fruits and vegetables, the, the type of diet I had growing up was way worse. And it's worse even now than then. Right. Because now I'm in my mid 40s. The kids growing up now, they're eating fast food on the daily. Right. Baby food is the unhealthiest food you could ever give a child. It's all processed garbage, corn syrup. I mean, baby formula is mostly corn syrup. And then you add cow milk to it. ah, Right. So a lot of these kids are getting raised in environments where there's no activity. Right. These kids are obese. They're on the worst diets. I mean, when I meet a two-year-old and the parent says, oh, all he'll eat is macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. I'm like, what do you mean all he'll eat? Who gave him (laughs) macaroni and cheese and hot dogs? Why would you give a two-year-old, you know, like, "Ah." right? So they're on the worst food. They're not moving. Their moms just hand them the iPhone at five months old, right? As soon as you can hold it, it's yours, right? So we've gotten worse and worse at the lifestyle and the food. And so these genes are getting triggered earlier and earlier and i don't blame anyone for it listen my my grandmother gave me as much mac and cheese as i wanted she was starving in the war for her food was love and that meant giving someone what they liked ice cream, a loaf of bread a day and macaroni and cheese, go for it, right? So, um, you know, I don't do it to blame because no one's being taught that because the USDA won't listen when I'm beseeching them to listen, right? So the USDA is what determines what even welfare is being given like food stamps for. So it's a really poor environment. Now we have food deserts. So it's, um, especially in the cities. So it, these genes are just getting activated earlier, but the good news is they still can be turned off again, but we have to be really aggressive and it's hard. You know, I've had parents who their kid has a severe illness, but the parents are complaining that they still want to be able to eat their food. You know, I'm like, really, <laughs> I mean, let's, but it's all addiction. I mean, I worked in addiction medicine for a long time and the same, The same behaviors that I saw in people addicted to methamphetamine are the behaviors I'm seeing in people who are addicted to cheese and meat and and sugar. Except the difference is when a drug addict decides to get clean, you just don't go to those clubs and those corners where you used to get your meth and you're gonna be fine. When you decide to get clean from dairy and sugar, it's everywhere. It's at your friend's house, your grandma's house, it's in the supermarket, they're giving out samples at Costco. And it's so, it's so difficult. And even for the parents of sick kids, they often are struggling to get that stuff out of the house because of their own addictions. But if you stick with it, then the addictions get better. You just can't never have it. You can't go two weeks and then have a little bit. You're back to square one. You got to go at least four weeks, let the addiction start to get better. And then you'll come out of the psychosis and realize that you don't really want that stuff anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really alarming. I mean, even when I was in medical school, they called it um, adult onset diabetes for type two and child onset or juvenile onset diabetes for type one, then they had to change it when I was out of med school to type one and type two because children were getting the adult kind. The adult kind was caused by obesity and children were getting it. So we, I have in my own lifespan as a doctor have seen these changes where, you know children went from being fairly healthy to being on blood pressure medicine, diabetes medicine and having autoimmune disease and having depression and having more ADHD, it's all connected. They are sicker than ever, younger than ever before, and it all relates back to the diet and the lifestyle that they're having.
0: Wow, so there's a question about hemp seeds, if they're as good for you as flax and chia.
1: No, <laughs> so, um, so here, you know, hemp seeds, have a blend of different uh, nutrients in them, and they do have omega six and they have omega three. So, when I call somebody, or somebody, when I call something an omega three source, what I mean is it's primarily an omega three. So, flax, chia, those are primarily omega threes. They have a little bit of omega six and they have some other stuff going on. So, that's an omega three, right? Just like, you know, I, I argue about when people call beans a protein. Like, no, beans are a carbohydrate. They're mostly carbohydrates with a little bit of protein and other stuff, right? So, I label stuff by white what they are most of, right? So hemp is mostly omega-6, has some omega-3. Same with walnuts, mostly omega-6, a uh, little bit of omega-3. And the easiest way to understand this is, listen, if we were eating from day one, the way we were meant to, if we were back in the garden or in the woods and we were just grabbing food as it grew from the earth, we wouldn't have to worry about omega-3 and omega-6. We'd be getting omega-3s from our greens. There's omega-3s in greens, right? But there's not that much, but it's in there. We'd get omega-3s from greens. Oh, a little omega-6. Oh, look, a walnut tree. You have a little walnut. You have a little almond. Yeah, whatever. So we'd have a little bit of omega-6, a little bit of omega-3. It would just, but you would eat as much as your body would need, you know, because it's not being processed and shoved into stuff. You're, 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 you would be Perfectly balanced. The reason that I have to do something like make people eat a half a cup of flax or chia seeds a day or something is because as I showed you before, they've got omega-6s 200 times the level of their omega-3. So if we look at omega-6s like a water faucet being turned on and flooding the bathroom, we gotta just turn that faucet off, right? And then we wanna flood the other side with it with the omega-3s. So that's why we have to look at, okay, well, hemp is more omega-6 than omega-3. That's just for while you're getting your health back. While you're trying to get your omega-3 up as fast as possible to balance out how much omega-6 you've gotten the rest of your life, then you stick with omega-3s as your primary fat source, not the nuts as much, not other other oils, omega-3 like flax and chia. Once you're healthy, you don't have to think about it. You want a handful of nuts eat a handful of nuts. You, you know, you want, it's not a big deal, but this is specifically for rapid disease reversal where you're trying to fix those ratios, that's all.
0: Nice. Well, the, every everybody that comes on the show, Dr. Goldner gets his question, but they want to know what does Dr. Goldner eat in a day? And maybe talk about what your kids eat because I love that you, you I mean, they were plant-based before birth.
1: Yeah. So, um, so for me, I'm in what I call maintenance mode. Um, I think I'm one of the only docs that does this. But I have found when you completely reverse a disease, you don't have to be as careful, <laughs> right? So I don't have a thing like never in your life can you ever eat sugar again. Never in your life can you ever eat oil. No, a healthy person can tolerate a vegan donut here and there and they'll be fine, right? But if you're unhealthy, you're now perpetuating your disease even faster, and it's it's going to undo all the good work you did. So I always have people be very careful until they're healthy. I say. Go quickly, eat the right foods, get the disease gone, let the paint dry, right? I've had people the day they become pain free, they eat a cheeseburger and then they're in pain again. I'm like, no, (laughs) let the paint dry, you know, wait about six months. And then if you occasionally want to eat what I call recreational food, which to me is just something with oil or sugar, I'll never eat an animal product again, but. You know, then then you can do that and get away with it. So that's how you know a disease is actually gone versus being in a remission state where if I eat one thing off plan, I get achy. So I've been lupus free and off medicines now for 15 years. So I, what I do right now is I do raw till dinner. I do smoothies all day because I can talk and drink and work. Right? If I was eating salad right now, that would be really intrusive, and I might have broccoli in my teeth. Right? So I make my blender a smoothie. And I drink my water. Here's my water cup, right? So I got that. And that's what I work on during the day. I nourish, I talk, I work. Then when I'm done, then I usually make something uh, that's a cooked plant-based meal. I'm, I'm a doctor, not a chef. So I'm not good at all that cooking stuff. I'm simple. So I live off my Vitamix Blender and my Instapot. That's like- Heaven to me, right? I know, Chevy, you like Instapot too, right? It's so easy and you don't have to be a chef. So when I'm done working, often I'll put like some vegetable broth and and some beans and some vegetables and stuff in the Instapot. Maybe make some quinoa, okay. My kids' favorite meal is actually steamed tofu and broccoli. Don't need any skills for that. Just throw some Bragg's aminos on top. They love it. I might make a little like peanut sauce in my Vitamix for that, but very simple. And then, so that's most days. That's what I do. I feel more energized by the raw foods. Um, but when I eat cooked foods, I feel more tired. But that's the case, nighttime. And I have to go to bed at some point. Um, we often also, though, have my kids' favorite, a salad bar night. Um, I post on Instagram, my son, Alex, who's my eight-year-old, he will take a container of spinach and eat it like other kids eat uh, chips. He thinks it's delicious. So he'll just sit there and eat leaves. You know, I've taken videos of it because people are just astonished. And they're like, how do you get him to do that? I'm like, the secret is, for him, it's food. <laughs> it's not punishment it's food um so that's what i do and then usually once or twice a week we might eat a recreational food where we'll get like takeout like there's a local restaurant that makes vegan pho so i mean it's vegetable broth rice noodles and vegetables And then you can put some fresh leaves in it but i know they use some oil in their broth but again it doesn't it cause inflammation sure but in my body, that's like a drop in the bucket, right? So that's how I do maintenance. And that's how my clients do maintenance. And it works really well. Once you're healthy and you've stayed healthy for at least six months doing whole food plant-based, no oils, no added sugars, and your smoothies and all that stuff, and you still have zero symptoms, you can occasionally, once or twice a week, have a glass of wine or have an a, you know, inflammatory food if you want to. Um, my kids, listen, they, uh, so the way I raise them is they started their green smoothies in their bottles at about four months. Um, and they were breastfed till two, both of them. Um, so I found, I was trying to research to find out optimal breastfeeding time. There is nothing that says what that is, but there's little holes in the digestive, digestive tract to let them um, absorb your antibodies, right? And those close at two. So I said, okay, the benefit to my immune system is two, let's do that. So that's what I did. And then once they started eating solid foods, their first solid food was avocado. Um, I did only raw foods the first year of life for both of them. So they did um, avocado, bananas. I used the Vitamix. Uh, and then I would take like even, even raw squashes and things and blend it with a little bit of breast milk. So they ate only raw foods the first year of life. And so they actually have a very high affinity and love for raw fruits and vegetables and um, love them. They've had green smoothie every day for breakfast their whole life. Um, but they literally will eat leaves and stuff. And they enjoy cooked plant-based foods too. And they will sometimes enjoy a vegan baked good that has some sugar in it. But it's funny because if they do have that, they're like, man, that's sweet. They can have a couple bites and then they're like, "Ooh, that's a bit too much for me, right? But, um, but that's their baseline. I know that they can eat the occasional sweet or oily thing because they are so healthy that it's abnormal, um, and their numbers are amazing. I mean, uh, when you look at their blood profiles, everything they're, they're absolutely extraordinary. And I just, oh my God, this was so annoying. I was just on Fox news recently. They had me battle a keto doctor, which of course they interrupt to make sure you can't answer all the things you wanted to. He got the last word in on this thing that made me so mad. He said that he wanted to warn people that the diet I'm recommending will cause your kids to have low IQs and brain damage. I was like, oh, <laughs> so, like, actually, so I what I did get to answer, but then they made fun of me for it. I said, actually, both of my kids have tested in the gifted range, my younger son skipped a grade, my older son got 100% on the standardized test for Texas. Right. So and I'm not just, of course, I'm a braggy mother, right. But I'm saying that if there was going to be damage, I would see it. Instead, they're testing better than my husband and I did, and we did pretty well in school ourselves. So, and when I talk to friends like the Eyes who study the brain, they told me when we were hanging out, because their 13-year-old is in college already, uh, they told me that they, what they found in their research is not only do things like chicken and, and eggs hurt the brain, but that they think a child-raised plant-based from birth will optimize her IQ. So it's been really, really cool to have that opportunity. And I always joke around as a psychiatrist, I know that as a parent, we're going to mess something up because everyone I ever saw for therapy was something their mom or dad did that started the problem, right? But, but what I do know as an intentional parent that I can give them the health I never had. And I can give them the tools to solve their problems one day with their therapist if they need to. But, um, but it is an amazing gift to be able to give your kids that. And like my, my 11 year old, he's about to turn 12. The last time he had a cold, he was two years old amazing. in public school.
0: That's amazing. It's like when people say, well, how do you get your kids to eat healthy? It, that's what you give them.
1: It's food. And when, oh man, I had a mom who came to me, both kids were sick. So I told her, I said, listen, you change their diet. They're going to have some tantrums because they're addicts. They're little junkies. You have created junkies and they're going to have tantrums. And she texted me a few days later. I know you said they were going to have some problems. I had no problem idea, the temper tantrums they were gonna throw because they need their fix. Where's my sugar? Where's my mac and cheese? They go through full, I mean, it, they, it, but you created a junkie, you have to heal the junkie. So obviously it's easier for me because my kids have always eaten this way. So I don't have to make them. They go in the fridge and grab a cucumber or a carrot and they just eat, it's wonderful, right? But if not, I always tell them, listen, if you get the goldfish crackers out of the house and you put a bowl of apples in its place, if your kid opens the pantry and says, there's nothing to eat, they're not hungry. If they're hungry, they'll eat the apple, <laughs> You know, but they have to get through the addiction process. Yeah, it's
0: Absolutely. It's, wow. Yeah. You're just so inspiring And we get, people are joining late and all they're talking about is your skin. You might have to start a skincare line in addition because- <laughs> nothing, it'll be coconut oil and water. Yeah, <laughs> well, but you know, you have your picture on it, you never know. Linda oh, says, can make a 3 level be too high? Oh, can you, She's asking if your omega three level can be too high.
1: No, no, we've never seen any problem with that. Um, what we've seen is people get the, their metabolism stay fast, uh, their health level stays very high. There's no reason forever to have a half cup of more of flax of chia seeds a day for maintenance. I tell people a handful a day. Like we have a free website, smoothieshred.com. You we go on there. We have recipes where we're like, here's how you hypernourish every day. By the end of the day, finish your blender, put in three quarters high nutrient greens, some fruit to taste good, and a handful of flax or chia, you'll get what you need on a daily basis to keep your metabolism high, your health high. So there's no reason to hyperdose forever. But no, we have never seen there be an issue where it's like, whoa, too much, you know, uh, not at all. Usually the only thing that happens is because the food is fiber. So we're having people eat tons of cruciferous vegetables. Then there's fiber in the seeds. At some point you get, fiber overloaded where your belly's just bloated and you can't even go to the bathroom anymore and you don't feel good and you're crampy. So usually I tell people, don't do that. You know, have the handful, see how you do. You can increase it if you need more help with inflammation, but there's no reason to have like two cups a day. You know, you, you don't need to do that. If you're getting that half cup or more, that's usually plenty sufficient if you're not eating inflammatory food. Right. People are
0: asking, like, yeah, there's no
1: downside. If you love them, enjoy them.
0: And I'm posting the link to what you just mentioned, smoothie shed for the smoothie shred for the recipes. And people are asking like, can you cook with flax and chia or does that denature them?
1: Yeah. So omega-3 fatty acids are extremely sensitive to being uh, oxidized by either heat or air. So that's also a reason why you don't want to buy the pre ground. You can use free ground to make your flax egg or something if you want to, but you're not going to get the omega-3 fatty acids because as soon as they hit the air, they start to actually break down. So I like them in the smoothie because if you blend them into the smoothie, they're protected from the air. They're cold from the frozen fruit in the smoothie. You're going to keep them active longer versus if you grind it up and then you and put them in the fridge all week. It's not it's not a good idea. Um, So yeah, so you don't heat them. I don't even know how well flax oil would hold up for heating. I, I think, you know, for cooking, I really recommend, there's no benefit to having other oils. Flaxseed oil is an exception in terms of health-wise. If you're using cold pressed flax oil, it's pure omega-3, you're not gonna clog an artery, the opposite. But for cooking, I mean, I'm sure Chef AJ has tons of recipes on oil-free cooking. I mean, you, we, we like to use, like my mother-in-law's Taiwanese, so she's like, does all the Chinese cooking and everything's coated in oil. We just taught her to use vegetable broth instead. Mm. adds a little nice flavor to things. Um, Or if she really insists, I put olive oil, I put it in a uh, spray bottle. So she could do like a spray for nonstick rather than a, you know, pour. But yeah, oil-free cooking is so much better for you. I think they're
0: asking like, but can you cook with whole flax and whole chia?
1: I think, I I mean, I don't know because I don't know what the profile is. I don't think it's stable to be heated up. And there's no benefit to it. I tell people if you're going to use it as a, you know, put it as a salad dressing or something, if you needed an oil and a dressing, but I wouldn't cook with it. I've never cooked with it. So, um, but I know it's yeah. not one of those oils that are considered heat.
0: Right. Safe. We had a chef come on this week and made a bread with like a half a cup of
1: chia seeds and it was baked.
0: So people were wondering if
1: that's oh, okay. Oh, the seeds. You can cook the seeds. I was thinking the oil. You can cook the seeds. It won't have the omega-3. It'll have some flavor, but it won't have the omega-3. Like I said, you can use flax as a flax egg, you can put seeds into cooking. It won't hurt you, but it's not going to have the content. Yeah, the so it's content.
0: Better, Right. Absolutely. Dina, yeah. Session. Just like when
1: people say, oh, I put flax seeds every day. I, I put them into my oatmeal and mix it up and it's hot oats. I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> do it for flavor. Don't do it for your omega-3.
0: Right. It should be just sprinkled on the salad then instead.
1: Right. That would be better. Absolutely.
0: Right. If they weren't doing a smoothie,
1: because some people
0: like me will, we'll eat our greens. We'll eat large amounts of greens, even yeah. if they're not blended.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I love salad. I absolutely love it. It's just uh, efficiency wise. So I've seen a lot of folks where they've never eaten salad. They, they, they pull the piece of lettuce off their burger. They're like, right. I mean, I had a guy who was over 500 pounds who did my rapid recovery group with type two diabetes. Couldn't even walk. He was in one of those scooter chairs, you know, and, um, he, uh, he used to go through McDonald's like once or twice a day, never ate vegetables, but he liked the smoothies because they taste like fruit. So there was no way he was going to eat you know, a pound of greens a day in salad, but he'll do it in a smoothie. So I like it for there's a lot of people who don't like veggies because they're not used to them and they'll drink it that way, or people who are just busy. It's like you don't have to think about it, but yeah, you can absolutely eat them. And I, I like doing both. I actually love salad. My husband doesn't really like salad, he'd rather drink two blenders of, out of a Vitamix. Whereas I happily, you know, you massage some kale with some you know, avocado or mango dressing that you made. And, oh, it's good.
0: Yeah. Well, I find that if I chop the salad, I eat a lot more of it. I have this big bowl called the Holland Bowl. And when I chop it, I just love it so much more. And I can eat large quantities very easily.
1: Yeah. You know what I recently discovered, which I know I'm late to the game, was cauliflower rice. Mm. I love it. I don't love cauliflower big and, and eating, uh, eating bites of it, but cauliflower rice, when you chop it up really finely and add it to some chopped cabbage and maybe some guacamole or something there, oh my goodness, I could eat that. I could eat that by the ton. Okay.
0: We seem to have lots of questions on nuts and seeds. Dina says, can you please ask Dr. Goldner about sesame seeds? It has a high omega six to three ratio, but it's also considered non-inflammatory. Why is that? Or is that true?
1: I don't know why someone would call that non-inflammatory. I would call it pro-inflammatory. So here's the thing. Again, like I said before, the nuts and seeds in general are healthy in that they've got vitamins and minerals and nutrients in them, and they also have omega 3 and omega 6. So, if you're already healthy, you don't have to worry about it. You want to have some sesame seeds with your food, fine. You have some omega 3, you have some omega 6, you're fine. When I'm talking about it as pro inflammatory, I'm talking about it specifically when you're in the active stage of trying to reverse a disease by getting your omega-6s down as quickly as possible and getting your omega-3s up as quickly as possible. So anything that's higher in omega-6 is just going to slow that process down. So when people are in early recovery with me, I say, you know, avoid all that. Stick with flax and chia seeds or avocados for fast, but don't eat nuts and seeds until the pain is gone. When the pain is gone, inflammation's down, then add that handful of nuts or seeds or other things. And as long as you're still feeling good, you keep going. So it's really just... It's not that it's inflammatory in terms of like, it makes you sick if you are otherwise healthy, like dairy, for example, that is super inflammatory, but in terms of the omega six, omega three ratio and how that will affect your inflammatory anti-inflammatory immune system, it would be in the more inflammatory category for that reason. But all the other micronutrients in it are good for you as well. So only worry about this guys, if you're trying to reverse a disease, if you're otherwise healthy, just have some omega three and then have your seeds, you'd be all right.
0: Right, well, so people are asking which book of yours should they buy and how can we support you? Like, is your is your group ongoing or is there a certain time where people join? How does that work?
1: Oh, okay, so my books are all on Amazon. So Goodbye Lupus, here's how you figure it out. Goodbye Lupus is my story of reversing my disease, of, um, of illness and my disease. So kind of my life story and the six steps to reversing disease with supermarket food. So if you liked things like that, when I showed you the scientific pathways, I put that in Goodbye Lupus to help people understand here's the foods that make you sick and why, here's the foods you need to get healthy and why. It's very short to the point, read it, go take action. Goodbye autoimmune disease was the one I released this past year um, and, or I guess last year, yeah. And that one in the beginning has a chapter dedicated to one uh, summarizing Goodbye Lupus. So it doesn't show the science, but it's like, hey, if you want the science, go read Goodbye Lupus but here's the steps review. And then I also uh, did some, uh, a couple chapters on the most common criticisms of what I teach and why they're not true, (laughs) right? So there's been some things where people are like, oh, I thought you're not supposed to blend food. That's old, it's been disproven, it works really well, you know, stuff like that, or worries, you know, now the movements that are trying to get people not to do this will say, oh, don't eat greens, there's oxalates, you'll get stones, most common cause of kidney stones is not eating enough vegetables and having too much animal protein and being dehydrated. You know, so I do some of that, with the most common issues people worry about, and then I get into the emotional part. So if you find that like, yeah, I get what to eat, what not to eat, what I really need is to stop sabotaging myself. Goodbye autoimmune disease is most of that. And then the next part of goodbye autoimmune disease is the case studies and all the different diseases uh, that we've reversed from psoriasis to multiple sclerosis, um, rheumatoid arthritis, in addition to lupus, other things, basically, look, I'm not a mutant. It works. Um, and, uh, and the foreword was done by Ellen Jaffe Jones, who is a, you, you must know Ellen, right? Ellen Jaffe Jones. So she's a vegan athlete and she's been whole food plant-based for decades and got psoriasis a couple of years ago. And she went, how can I have psoriasis? I eat a whole food plant-based diet, no oils. What is happening? So Dr. Joel Kahn texted me and said, here's Ellen, fix her. <laughs> I love people from the Northeast. I'm from the Northeast. I take just, You to... aren't you originally from New York or something? I'm from Chicago. Okay, yeah. Chicago. Okay, I'm from New York. So we're very like to the point, you know, he's from Detroit, just hey, fix her. So, um, so within two weeks of doing hypernourishment with me, where we did just the raw foods, smoothies, salads, omega-3 water in two weeks, her psoriasis plaques were gone so she uh so she's been a huge proponent of this now to say like it's not just not eating the animal products but you have to hyper nourish as well and that's going to give you what you need to eliminate disease so so that book is you know i think that they go together i wrote them to go together here's what i did and why it works and then here's how to actually make it happen for yourself i do have a green smoothie recipe book it's very short it's like 28 recipes it was something that I published years ago. It was actually the first thing I did because people were like, I tried to make smoothies and they taste like dog crap. <laughs> okay, here's what I make. And I and so it's an older one, but a lot of people get all three just to have some recipes and all that. But if you go to smoothieshred.com, we have um, some free recipes that just use frozen fruit and greens very quick and easy to do. Um, I have online classes at lupus.com So Goodbye Lupus was my first book and it's my story. So that's why that's my website. At lupus.com, you can also click free gifts and you'll get some like how to start and recipes and things like that that I give away. And then I have on my website, there's a course and it's my six steps reversing autoimmune disease and the case studies. It's about five and a half hours of teaching. Uh, it's always there for people who want to buy it. In fact, most of the people who watched it for free, most people who bought it already watched it for free and they just want it. Um, But between groups, I put it up for free and I do free Q and A's to teach it and get people together. So if you follow me like on social media, I always announce it when they're free and I do that or people want to own it. If if you'd rather listen and learn rather than read, I taught it all that way, too. Um, So I try to put everything out there in every possible way to get to people, um, get people the information they need. But all my books are on Amazon. I've been very blessed. I mean, Goodbye Lupus. When I wrote it, no one knew who I was. Um, And I never advertised it. I had maybe 100 followers on Facebook. I mean, nobody knew who I was. And it was a bestseller before I published it. So it just showed people were already looking for it. And it's been a bestseller on Amazon since before I published it. Um, And it has been through the whole time. Goodbye Autoimmune became a bestseller the day I published it. Um, So it's been very gratifying to me to know that I'm giving people what they're looking for and that they're coming back to to get more information. But yeah, it's all on Amazon, super easy to get. Nice.
0: Well, we wouldn't have a show without at least one COVID question. And Sharon wants to know, well, how are you advising patients with autoimmune disease as far as the vaccine is concerned, whether to get it or not to get it, if they have.
1: Yeah, I'm telling people that they should go ahead. I mean, listen, (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day because I got choked up. I was looking at a video of a 101 year old lady getting her vaccine and at a nursing home and she got dressed up for it. She wore a sweater that matched her mask. She did her hair and she was so excited. She fist bumped the person who gave it to her, right? And I remember I was watching it and I was in tears. I'm like, this woman has seen in her lifetime people she knew who died or suffered from polio, measles, mumps, all these things. And then she saw vaccines come in and those diseases went away, right? So she's excited. Because she saw another disease come about that killed people that she knew. And now she's getting this vaccine and she's excited. A lot of folks in our generation, we've never seen all these polio and mumps and measles and stuff. And so people have gotten scared of the vaccines instead of scared of the diseases, right? And that's created a lot of confusion and a lot of people get upset about it. I've had people tell me they're unfollowing me because I talk about this stuff, but it's science. And my my greatest thing that guides me, my, my, my guiding star is results, always. This is not a religion for me. This is not, um, you know, I, I, this, is, this is all about results. I like what works. Food works, negative threes works, right? And vaccines work. So I'm very much for that. My mother just got vaccinated. I'm very excited because in her retirement community, they allowed people 65 and older. So she told me I signed up. She just got her first dose. She said she didn't even feel it. The guy did a good job. She's got an appointment to get it another couple of weeks. Um, But with autoimmune disease specifically, listen, with other vaccines, there's been some concern because as much as people with autoimmune disease need the extra help, some vaccines have live virus in them, even if it's weakened and they're at risk for getting infections but the COVID vaccines do not have virus in them at all. They actually just help your body make a protein that's found on the virus so you can make antibodies without ever getting exposed to the disease. So it has been considered by the experts to be safe and important for people with autoimmune disease because there's no risk of getting COVID from the vaccine. There's no COVID in the vaccine. So it sounds like it's, it's really good thing. And so that, that's what they're actually promoting right now is people who are over 65, people with autoimmune disease, they should be the ones that get it. I'm, I can't wait till I get it. I'm just not frontline, I'm working from home. So I'm not on that list uh, for frontline yet, but I can't wait. I miss hugs. I miss going to events and getting to connect with people and see people and and feel their energy in person. Like I can't wait for life to get back to normal. So yeah, I'm definitely telling people to do it. I have had a lot of clients that got COVID. Um, It's it's an awful disease. Um, I had one client who reversed her lupus with me. She's a doctor. An ER doctor. So when doctors get sick, they don't like to take medicine. (laughs) And so she got sick with lupus, very severe. And her husband found me. She got into my group, and uh, in six weeks, all of her symptoms were gone. And that was over a year ago. So she was doing great zero lupus, zero problems. She got COVID and had no bad result. Her, Her family got sick, but she had maybe a few days of not feeling well. So we said, great, her immune system's awesome. But uh, a few weeks after that, she collapsed in the in the ER with blood clots to both lungs. Because COVID also causes blood clots and kidney failure, and it causes autoimmune disease. So her doctors were blaming it on lupus. I said, both of us said, "Bull crap! It's not lupus. She doesn't have lupus anymore. And we checked her labs. It's not lupus. COVID was mimicking an autoimmune disease, and it was causing blood clots." So she's doing well now. She got back on my program, but she was doing maintenance, and she's doing well now. But it was very scary and it definitely showed me I'm not leaving my house. That's why I haven't gotten a haircut. I'm like, it doesn't matter how healthy you are. One of my husband's friends just died from COVID who was a guy who ran fitness clubs. He was fit and strong and in his, I think, late forties, early fifties, you know? So it's a scary disease. It doesn't just affect people who are old and sick, but any of us. So yeah, I, my, I am much more afraid of the disease than I am for any vaccine and I'll definitely get one in my arm when I can, so. <laughs> You know, you've mentioned your grandmother a few times. She sounds awesome. I wish I could have met her and interviewed her. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, you'd love her accent. But yeah, she almost she is uh, I have her personality, but she was one of the most amazing people I've ever met and uh, was my grandmother, my second mother and my best friend. And even through college, medical school, anytime I had a vacation, spring break, I took it with grandma. We would go cruising together we did we did everything together but one of the things if you want want something from grandma adele uh i keep her alive through her lessons she was one of the happiest people i ever met which was all of her friends were holocaust survivors and they were all very depressed people for the most part they had tattoos in their arms of numbers you know they they had been through an extraordinary trauma as had she but she used to always tell me i'm a lucky girl Which And she meant it. She was just happy and always dancing and always in the moment. And if I could tell a story about her that I think everyone maybe could take home and use in their lives, it's one that shaped my life and I think about every single day, is when she was in the Holocaust, she was 16, um, and my grandfather was 18, um, but they, uh, they suffered greatly. They actually escaped Poland into Russia, but ended up in a Siberian war camp starving and being worked to death and almost dying multiple times um but after they were released from the work camp when the war ended right so when the war ended everybody agreed to release prisoners of war so she came out of the work camp and they just sent them to the train station to go home just here you go and she said they were all barely human anymore they were bloated from starvation you know when people get a big belly from starvation and they didn't even know if they had a home to go back to, if, they, if their parents were alive, like what it was. So it was just, you can imagine this mess of people hunched over in the train station. And she said, on the other side of the train station, someone was playing music. And she said, she hadn't heard music in two years and she started dancing. I said, Grandma, I was a kid. I said, Grandma, how, how could you dance? And she said, because Brooksy, then you hear music, you dance. Um, that is how I live my life. That is what got me through autoimmune disease, kidney failure, strokes, all the things. Sometimes you got to look for the music. Sometimes you don't just hear it. You got to search for it, but it's always there. And it was a lesson to me that even in the face of years of torture, in the moment there was music and she chose to dance. And that's part of what I teach people and Goodbye Autoimmune in my groups and everything I do that. Even if you're sick right now, we've still got to find a reason to celebrate every day. And actually my rapid recovery group, you asked if it's ongoing, it's every six weeks. So we just started a new one. So the next one will be in March. But we teach them that every day, even while you're still sick, even while you're still in detox, even while you're still in pain, we still need to find something to celebrate. Otherwise life is only a struggle. We have to keep moving forward and we have to find a reason to dance. Even if you're in a wheelchair and it's in your chair. Right. Even until the day she died, she would move the shoulders, you know, that 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 we always have to find that reason. She was a special, special soul. And I'm just she lived in
0: ninety nine. Wow, that's just such a beautiful story. And speaking of dancing, what do you do for movement? Angela wants to know.
1: (laughs) So I do love to dance, Uh, not super coordinated, but I do love to dance. but um, my favorite kind of exercise is actually more like, uh, I like lifting up heavy things and putting them down. I'm not a, I'm not a big cardio runner type person. Uh, we have a gym at home. So uh, if I'm gonna do some like high intensity intervals or something, I'll do it on the spin bike. We have a spin bike uh, that we, and we'll put on. My husband has made, so uh, he, he's made um, videos to help people get it done. So he has something called Fat Killer. So, I put it on, and when he says go fast, I go fast. When he says slow down, I slow down. Otherwise, I'll just be thinking about my legs and kvetching about it. So, um, so, I'll do that in the spin bike and, and things like weights and things like that. Body weight exercise. I like to do a lot of body weight stuff. I like to swim. That's probably my favorite is swimming because I, son, uh, and I'm in Houston, so I can still, I'm, I'm heating up the pool right now. Um, I like to do laps in the pool. So, I find doing things that working even with your body, you know, sitting down and standing up squats, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, things like that. Natural movements keep the body limber and moving. And if you can do high intensity interval training where you're doing some sprints in there that actually will accelerate your recovery from your health, it accelerates fat loss as well. So, um, but we have, there's a free video on how to do high intensity interval training at smoothyshred.com. My husband made that whole website for free education for the public for using smoothies for fitness and fat loss. It's just that in our Facebook group that we made from that, now people are in there trying to heal disease too, because I'm there. So it's, it's fitness, fat loss, and disease reversal. And that's a free community. If you go to uh, smoothyshred.com and click the Facebook group, you can join for free. We've got a huge amount of people all over the world. And it's so cool because they're all um, posting their successes every day of reversing their diseases and losing weight and all that stuff. So it's a pretty awesome community.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes. That's that's. Uh, did your, how old are your kids now?
1: So Alex just turned eight in December and Solomon is going to be 12 in February. Do they ever do interviews? Um, They haven't done interviews yet. My son Solomon is actually writing his first book about being a vegan kid, Um, but he's actually very eloquent and and wants to do that. He wants to teach. He's gotten on stage to help my husband teach before, but they haven't done interviews. If they they
0: ever want to come on the show and like just talk about what it's like being raised, a vegan or or do a cooking demo because i had the shirzai kids on and it was just like one of my favorites
1: oh really yeah that'd be awesome i'll let him know i don't know if I, I i know solomon would alex will be interesting I'll, alex is more like you he's meant to be like a comedian and i'm afraid he's gonna like take the show in the different direction <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's okay We because you know i want people to know that like because you, you said that when you did the debate with the doctor on keto that he ended saying that they don't you know we could want to show people like well, oh, vegan. Yeah, that of causing
1: right? brain damage in my kids with the, the plant-based diet. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm sure they would love to do it. I'm sure they would love to do it. Uh, even uh, my my son Alex makes chia pudding and he loves to cook actually. He what? wants to be a chef. He says he wants to be a vegan chef doctor. So uh, he said all he told me all doctors should be chefs also.
0: Wow. Well, then he'll, he'll love the upcoming truth about weight loss summit, because this year we kind of made the doctors do cooking demos. And it turned out a lot of them did go to culinary school after going to medical school.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So he loves to do cooking demos and smoothies and chia pudding and all of his different things, tofu. He, he loves to make all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'll let them know. I'm sure they would do it.
0: Well, I, I'm booking I'm for the last week of March if they're available or the first week of April. I would love to. I'd love to. to I'm sure you guys want to see that. Put it in the chat. I bet you they answer. Yes, because people loved it when the Shirzai's kids came up.
1: Oh, I bet they have an amazing family.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're like 10 and they go to college.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: oh, my. So that just proves that, Dr. wrong, right?
1: Right. That's what I was saying is, you know, that, that what we've seen is the opposite. And even the research that they've done, like when I was pregnant, you know, my OBGYN was reading the research saying that omega-3 fatty acids during pregnancy increase the IQ of the baby, which is what they've shown. But she used to say to me, you know, I don't want you to overdo it. Your kids are going to be unrelatable if they're too smart. (laughs) That's just a joke, guys. You're not going to overdo it. But it really does. It makes a difference when you're nourishing yourself well through pregnancy and through early childhood. It makes such an enormous difference. And not only their intelligence, but their happiness, they're stable. They can pay attention to things. They don't have, you know, hyperactive energy, all that kind of stuff, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody's typing. Yes. That they want to see it. And and somebody's asking Alex. All right. I'll let them know they were voted in that they absolutely were, you know, and people, uh, somebody's asking, can you put Stevia in the smoothie to make it palatable, but why would you do that? I would,
1: Yeah, you know, the problem is people are so wired on sugar, they can't taste fruit anymore. So um, I don't like using, using any other sugar products. The goal is to get you to not crave the sugar anymore. And things like Stevia actually make you crave sugar. So we tell people use like super ripe bananas, ones with the black spots on them that are too sweet to eat. Put that in the smoothie, it'll make it very sweet frozen cherries, frozen mangoes, stuff like that. If in the beginning you need a little more fruit to make it taste good, and before you get the greens up, do it that way, but don't add super high sweet things. I don't add even dates to them. Like get used to real food flavor. You will adjust to it and you'll start to actually enjoy it more.
0: Yeah, and I just hosted the GI Health Summit and every all the doctors said that Steve is terrible for your microbiome, it's the worst.
1: You know, so. it's interesting because it used to be considered a health food and I, that's the first I'm hearing someone say that, but when it first came out, I just read the research on it, and it said that it caused um, male rats to be infertile. And I went, well, I don't know what it's doing, but they're mammals, we're mammals. I don't want, I don't want any of that. There's no reason. You know. It's kind of like when I first became plant-based, I was like, how do I replace butter? And now I'm like, why would you put any grease on anything, right? I think it's the same way. It's like, how do I sweeten things? And then you realize you don't need to there's just natural, sweet things in nature and and you just have to adjust to it. So there is a period of the first month or so where things don't taste as exciting as they used to. And that's why I teach people to use self-care. Get high on your life, not on your food. So if you don't really love your smoothie, grab the smoothie, go outside and go for a beautiful walk. Call a friend who makes you laugh. Get some positive emotions associated with your food, but don't sit there and stare at it and it's staring back at you and it doesn't taste like Stevia. You know what I mean? Like just try to get the excitement and adrenaline and dopamine from your activities, then you won't need your food to entertain you anymore.
0: Absolutely, or do like your grandma did, always look for the sweetness in life.
1: Yes, yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all right. Well, this has just been a wonderful interview. Everybody's saying how much they love you and how inspiring you are. And thank you so much for doing it. I'm very serious. I'd love Alex and Solomon to come on and maybe cook something.
1: I will tell them, I will tell them. I have a feeling they'll be all about it. I just can't predict, like I said, especially the younger one, he might take you all sorts of places with his humor. Hey, uh, that's okay. It's that's okay. Their, and their, you know, my, my older one is very serious and he's going to want to like, you know, keep things just structured. And then my younger one's like, hey,
0: <laughs> no, they, can, they can come on together or separate, whatever they would like. I would love it's to be really
1: fun. That. Thank you. I will definitely ask them. And well, thank you so they, much for inviting me on. This has been really- Oh fun. my God, so it's, it's been such a, so wonderful
0: talking to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Golmer. And guys, I'm sorry it took so long. I did invite her and tell, take time. To, unless I'm doing like a million shows a day, I got it some time to get the people on, but there is another show today, and I hope you guys will come back at 3 p.m. for Dr. Doug Lyle and Dr. Jen Hawk who can answer your questions about you. Thanks again, Dr. Goldner. This has been so much fun.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: Have a great weekend, everybody.